What does a network marketer, a veteran, an influencer, and a father of an incredible family have in common? That is Takoyo Carlton. In today's episode, you're going to hear the heartbeat of one of the hardest working individuals and most impactful influencer I've ever had the opportunity to work with. This is your Strategic Partner Podcast. Welcome to your Strategic Partner Podcast, where we give entrepreneurs the secrets, strategies, and processes to increase brand equity and max out revenue. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you are ready for a true treat. And today I have with me somebody who probably knows me more than anybody that I have ever done business with. And this gentleman uh, has traveled the world with the military. He's traveled the country within different businesses. And he absolutely has the incredible amount of experience and expertise and has had to recreate himself a couple of times over the two decades that I think he's been in business. But I know for a fact that we're going to extract as many golden nuggets from who he is as a person, who he is as a professional, and definitely as a family man. Allow me to have before you some virtual applause for the one and only Tokoyo Carlton. What is going on, my friend? Hey, what's going on, Doc? <laughs> Super excited to be here. And thank yeah, you for I'm happy me. to have you. Happy to have you. So first and foremost, there are a lot of people who are going to be, hey, I, I, I've i heard this name. I've seen him maybe in a couple of vlogs with you, Ali. But for those who may not know, could you take a few minutes and tell us a little bit about your story and how it all began from just the average individual to the entrepreneur that you've become? Well, I'll tell you what, it, it all started back in high school, actually. If I can kind of start there, if I go way back. Um, back in high school, I was always the guy in high school that would wear like suits to school. Now imagine that in high school, back in the, the 80s and 90s, guys were sagging, you know, wearing big, big pants back then, right? There was no skinny jeans back then. <laughs> and of course, uh, you know, that's how people dress. But for some reason, I got it in my mind that, you know, I wanted to be an entrepreneur because every show that I watched, I mean, from Dallas to and, uh, you know, all these different soap operas, the guys who made the money, the guys who were very successful, they all dressed very nice. And so I started dressing in school. And so, and, and then on top of that, I topped it off. I had a briefcase as opposed to a backpack. <laughs> so uh, used to go to school with a suit on and a briefcase, guys. So you can imagine that back in high school wasn't kind of cool, but I was cool. Didn't matter. Uh, but the whole thing was uh, I got introduced uh, to a business opportunity back in when I was 18 years old. And, and I and, and I look back and I say, well, man, if I would have had the right person back then, where would I be now? But back to continue that story, um, I got approached by a company it was Amway uh, back then. And of course, I was excited because it was going to take me on that route that I wanted to go. And of course, the guy signed me up, literally signed me up. And the next day he was gone. The next day. <laughs> and so that entrepreneur journey stopped right there in its tracks. And of course, went to college, decided college was not for me. And uh, my mother, because of Desert Storm in 1990, when I graduated, um, I live in a military town. And, and of course, the military runs everything here. So financially, uh, businesses started to go out of uh, you know, business and stores started to shut down. It was kind of like what we're going through now with the pandemic, but because of the war. And so my mom shipped me off to Austin, Texas. And, and that's where things started to change. And 
And I had a great time there, uh, but I wasn't going anywhere. And so that's how I ended up in the military. I uh, did four years in the army, uh, got out the army, did four years in the National Guard. And uh, when I got out in 98, I, I decided to uh, work in the uh, cellular industry, did very well with that, ended up starting my own cell business. And then of course I got introduced to the home base business arena. And so I don't know if you wanna stop there um, and we can go further. No, well, so uh, there are so many things that that I can I can just I can literally do thirty hours worth of podcasts and just from that intro because you're talking about first and foremost uh, being the outcast, you know, where where everybody, uh, especially you're talking about high school here, you know, everybody had their style, everybody had their clicks, everybody had their own thing, you know, and here you are dressing up. Um, so my first question to that. Did you have any entrepreneurial role models or individuals in your life that were carrying themselves in that way that you thought that's the path for me to go? Or like, what was, what was it that influenced you to go that path? <laughs> and I can dig, because I took so many notes, I'm going to dig into some more of that. But, but did you have any role models that influenced you from that early age to go that path? Right. Um, as I was saying before, it was all TV. Uh, my dad was military at the time, uh, you know, infantry soldier. Uh, he was always traveling. He, he, luckily, he bought a home for us here in Fayetteville, North Carolina. And I stayed home with mom and my sister while my dad did all the traveling. So we weren't one of those military families that moved around with the, with the father. We just stayed in one place. And, you know, so I watched a lot of TV at night. And, of course, that's when the good shows came on, like 8 o'clock, right when it was almost my bedtime, you know. <laughs> And of course, it was shows like Dallas. It was shows like, you know, with JR, you know, Ewan. And, uh, and of course, I love JR. And, you know, JR would do some crazy things in business. And, and those are the people that I saw. And then I saw Magnum PI and I saw the lifestyle that he had in Hawaii, you know, as he was building his PI business. And, and then, of course, I just got excited watching those guys. And, and, and back then, I was kind of popular because I was an athlete, of course. But uh, but I wasn't with the cool crowd hanging out because I've never I've never been that guy to hang around a lot of people, and so that was my thing. I, I just watched TV and I imagined myself driving down the street in those fancy cars that I saw in these shows. I imagined myself, you know, again traveling to these exotic places that I saw these guys traveling to. I imagined myself again with all the money and, and being able to do the things and provide for the family, even though I didn't have a family at the time, but again, to take care of my mom, my father, my dad and retire him. So um, that's all it was. It was just mentors that I saw on, on uh, you know, TV. But back then I didn't know anything about personal development. I didn't know anything about plugging into a good book. So that was, that didn't come until later. Interesting that you say that. And by the way, just a quick disclaimer for anybody from, um my generation i have no idea what magnum pi is i have no idea what jr is i have no idea none of those i really don't for two reasons one i was born and raised in morocco and i i, I came to the states when i was 17 years old 16 going on 17 uh secondly i probably still wouldn't have known them even if i was here <laughs> my whole life but here's the thing tokoyo let's talk about military and and one uh was there any fear of thinking about like I'm about to go to war and two how has military shaped you up as an entrepreneur today good stuff um first of all I can say discipline 
Um, when I went in the military, I, I wasn't scared of, I, I've never been a scary type guy. I'm one of the guys that, you know, hey, I jump on a grenade. I mean, you've seen those movies. That was me. I was a hua. So if you don't know anything about military, you hear someone say hua, that was me. I was very hua. And, um, and so, you know, I was all gung-ho about it. And, 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 I, and I, I, I promise you, if I would have stayed in, I probably would have ended up being like a sergeant major or something like that. Uh, because I was always projected as a leader. Like, I don't know where I got that from. I, maybe my dad, maybe just watching him, because uh, my dad hit, you know, the highest ranks and the NCO ranks. And so maybe it was just being around him, but but I just always positioned myself as a leader. Right out of basic training, I was already leading. Uh, I was the platoon leader, right? Uh, and then, of course, when I got to my unit, I wasn't, I wasn't a big rank, but you could already tell that I was that guy. And so the military helped me out in that way because it allowed me to, to, to be in a leadership position when I, before I had none, before I was just going to school, before I was just having a job. But when I went in the military, it allowed me to position myself to lead other people. And that was my first taste of helping people and taking charge. And of course, uh, having the ability uh, that people recognized in me that, hey, this guy's going somewhere. So that was my my. I guess my journey in the military of getting started in leadership. That's incredible. And so from the military, um, we transition and get re-exposed for the second time to network marketing. So obviously the first time you had a, you know, your sponsor bail out on you the very next day. Tell us <laughs> about the second experience and what was different this time around that you felt this is the right fit. This is the right timing because you know, if I were actually, I, I was exposed to Amway when I was 19 years old, but it wasn't in the sense of being sponsored. It was my barber who also was a great friend of mine who said, just give me your social and trust me. And, and she paid for me. I was 140 something dollars and she gave me a wow. magazine. She said, if you sell stuff out of this magazine, you'll get paid all the time. Just use this code. I was like, all right, cool. So I actually sold some stuff, not knowing that it was network marketing. I didn't understand the concept. I thought, you sell stuff from a magazine and you get paid. And I was fascinated with the concept, but that was just a, a short lived month and a half gig where I got like a check or two. And I was like, ah, that was cool, but hey, moving on. Um, <laughs> so, so you actually got exposed to what network marketing is supposed to be, or at least was back then. Uh, the first time and it went rogue. Tell mm -hmm. me about the second time and what was different. Right. What was different was this, this is what, this is what happened here. So I got out the army in 98 and, and just keep in mind that while I was in the army, I was still doing entrepreneurial things. I was promoting at clubs. And so we didn't even talk about that. that's another story. But when I got out the military, um, I got introduced to guess what? Amway again. And this time it was through a gentleman named Dwayne Robinson. And I, and I never forget him. He's still my friend today. And that's over 20 plus years ago. And Dwayne actually told me about Amway. And of course, and Amway was all about, you know, getting your board. And I always thought it was cool because these guys dressed very professional in Amway. And, and of course, that attracted me because that's who I was. That's who that's how I like to dress. I felt most comfortable when I was dressed up, right? And so again, got started with that company. And the good thing about Dwayne, not only was he a great sponsor, he was connected to the leadership. That's what changed everything. He was connected to a diamond at that time uh, in the Westlake area in Austin, Texas. 
Right. And of course, I was able to go to this gentleman's home because it was in the same city. And, and it showed me the lifestyle up front, close and personal. Um, and so that was a change because not only now did I see it on TV, but I was able to actually see it in person. So I went to this gentleman's house, huge house. He had a pool in the backyard with a diamond for, for being diamond in that right. company in the right. bottom of the pool. He also had, you know, some boats in the back to where he can lower it down into the lake that was behind his home. And so then that right there, that planted something in me. It got me excited. And um, so that was my second experience in the home-based business arena. Wow. That's uh, talk about building a vision or casting a vision for you upfront and personal. Hey, we're going to take a quick break. When, when do we come back? We're going to get into what has Tokoyo learned in some of the most exciting and also pitfalls in network marketing. Cause he and I had a couple that we've shared together that we believe have shaped us to become who we are. So stick around and we'll be right back. Hey, Ali Midawi here, the author of The Lion Network Marketer. You may be one of the 47,000 people who have purchased the original book five years ago, but today we have recorded the audiobook version. But for every chapter from 2016's launch, we've added a new chapter from 2020. Pick up your copy today at no cost to you in winwithali.com. Welcome back, your strategic partner podcast here with the one and only Tokoyo Carlton. It is absolutely a cool, cool time for me, just so you know, because this is personal for me. This ain't just about recording a podcast. This is me. It's me hanging out with my boy. You know, we 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 work together every single day. And, uh, you know, here we are uh, recording this session on a Saturday morning, just chilling. I'm eating dates every time he speaks, by the way, in case you're wondering. Um, I, I, love, <laughs> I love my dates. I mute and I have my dates. All right, so Tokoyo, let's dig into, if you were to categorize the top three things that you've learned from network marketing that you can share with somebody that might not have any experience at all and is considering to get involved, what would they be? And then we can get into the, the top three. Warning, warning, run away, run away. <laughs> so what you got? Give me the top three if you could categorize them. I would say the first thing as someone looking at this industry, you have to be open. And remember, your mind works just like a parachute. It only works when it's open. And so, again, you can't come in with those uh, misconceptions or what you've heard someone say about it. You have to come in with open minds. So that would be number one before we go anywhere. Uh, you have to be open to what this industry is because it's different from a job. The second thing would be is you have to find someone to follow. And when I say follow, I mean coach. I mean mentor. I mean someone who's came before you, someone who's already achieved some success. It doesn't have to be someone who's making six figures. It just has to be someone who knows what to do, who's already tasted success within that company. And we'll talk about the other part of that on the next side of the next question. But again, find someone who has success, who has success in your company, right? That's number two. Number three is you have to give it time. I was always taught that you want to give it 18 months. Why 18 months? Uh, because just like your job, just like anything you try, it takes at least a year to get good at it. So that's the reason why we say 18 months. So if it takes good, takes a year to get good at something, then you go ahead and you add another six months to it. Now you're what? You're great at it. 
So again, you just have to give it time to grow, to mature, to get better, to learn, to grow. So uh, that's my three. Yeah. What, why do you think people don't or are not willing to give it the 18 months? I mean, I know you and I have even set up expectations for some individuals and let them know, hey, this is going to take time. It's not going to happen overnight. And still somehow, some way that person figured out a way to set the wrong expectations and say, hey, it's been 30 days. I'm out. What, <laughs> what, why do you think that happens? I mean, from your your you know two decades experience. The number one reason, friends and family. Those could be the best and worst things in your success. So again, uh, we, we've heard it said the five people you hang around the most, right? So the five people you hang around the most aren't in business, haven't been exposed to what you've been exposed in your new company, the, the motivation, the training, the Zooms, the meetings, the calls, the text messages, they don't get it. So again, your friends and family can be the worst or best thing. So if you have a supportive family and friends, great. It's gonna be an amazing time. Why? Because no one's there to talk you out of success. Um, but again, if you have that, that other side where people are again saying, hey, why are you doing that thing? Then of course, it could cause you to quit prematurely right before your breakthrough. Interesting that you said that. So if I am going to get started, uh, or, or let me ask you differently. Do you think there are so-called upline sponsors, leaders that are somewhat guilty or take responsibility in setting up the wrong expectations that a lot of individuals from the front think, oh my God, I can be successful in 30 days. Uh, and, and how can we, you and I, put a little bit of an impact on adjusting that? Because, I mean, let's call it for what it is. I wrote a whole freaking book about it. You know, the, the presenter, right? Uh, you know, this is all great. The company's the best. There's no one like us, no one before us, no one after us. We're the best ever, ever, ever. You know, uh, like you told me the other day, if your arm fall off, this product will put it right back on. on you know, like at what extent do you think that the presenters, the leaders have to take some kind of responsibility on setting up the wrong expectations and how can we adjust? Well, you, you know, I, and I can, like you said, I can only go from my experience. I, I remember in a previous company, we had so much success in the beginning. I can tell you the difference between a company that does this and a company that doesn't. We had so much success in the beginning or we had so much success with people getting it out the gate because we do what we call a, a game plan interview. A game plan interview, it lets them know exactly what to expect, how much time to give it, how much time you're gonna get working your business on a weekly basis, how much time you, you know, what are you willing to do? You know, all this stuff. So give them the right expectations in the game plan interview. Um, but then there's other companies who just say, you know what, the person who brings me in, he's just happy I got someone in. He's just there to get that first initial check and he's off to the next one when he doesn't realize all he has to do is spend a little bit of time engaged in that one person and help that person to grow. Kind of like our situation right now. Um, Ali Madawi is in a company that is very, very successful. And of course, what he did was he, he re recognizes that there's something within me. But again, he didn't just say to Koyo, here it is and throw me against the wall and see if I stick. And that's the problem. He didn't throw me against the wall and see if I stick. He says, hey, listen, here's what we're going to do. And he's given me a plan every single day to do 
to obtain success in that company. And here's what also he, he, he let me understand. He didn't verbally say it, but he let me know if you don't do this, you won't achieve this. So it wasn't said, but it was understood that if you do these daily activities, then you achieve success. If you don't, if you do it sporadically, you have some success, but it won't be what you're looking for. If you don't do anything, you have none, no success and you'll be out the game. But if you follow what I say and do as I do, you'll have all the success that you're looking for. And so that's the difference between a good sponsor or organization, someone who cares enough about other people's success, even though they've already got what they want out of the company, they're willing to go back and help and leave the breadcrumbs along the way, right? The markings on the tree so that we can follow where they're going. And so again, that's the difference between companies that I see that organizations fail and organizations that thrive. They take time with the individual to share with them the steps to success in that company. Incredible. Uh, we're going to take another short break. Looks like uh, I ran out of dates, so I got to go fill up my plate. Well, when we do come <laughs> back, we are going to uh, get into some of the red flags that you should evaluate because going into the wrong company or the wrong product or the wrong people may impact your success and also impact your credibility. So stick around and we'll be right back. Hi. My name is Ali Madawi, and I have spoken over 500 conferences in three languages, including TEDx and many Fortune 100 companies, sold books in seven countries, and I focus on helping struggling entrepreneurs to leverage social media and a digital space to create brand equity and revenue. Visit me today at winwithali.com and let me show you how we can grow your financial bottom line and help you expand with momentum. Welcome back, your strategic partner podcast, Ali Midawi here and Tokoyo Carlton on an exclusive. Tokoyo, why don't we get right into it, my friend? So the reality is there is no perfect company and there is no bad company. It's just are your stars aligned and are you doing your due diligence and is the company right for you, right? So from your vantage point, and you definitely have experienced and evaluated plenty of company as much as I have over the years, and you probably get pitched every single day like I do. Um, how do you identify, you know, excluding whatever it is that you're doing right now, you put a neutral hat on and you're about to evaluate a company or an opportunity for you. What are some of the red flags that may make you say, uh-oh, no, thank you? Okay. Uh, too easy. First of all, being around, and, and again, this comes with experience. So I'm going to talk from experience and I'm going to talk from a novice. As an experienced person, uh, whenever I get approached by certain people, certain leaders, first of all, I've already got the red flag up because I've already, already know what they're about, right? So again, if you know that people are all about the money, the money grab, and that's, that's huge in this industry right now, is that there's a lot of leaders who aren't building. They were leaders years ago and they're no longer building. They're out there looking for money grabs. So what is a money grab? That's just them going to a company and that company compensates them before they've done anything. And of course, those people uh, look like, act like, smell like, dress like, they're successful. And of course, they attract people based on who they used to be. And those folks join and then six months, because most companies say, hey, you've got six months contract. After that, hey, blah, 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 
So guys work for three to six months and they're out the game and you're stuck there. And then, of course, you get another call from that very same person about the new deal because the old deal, they're not doing something right, supposedly. So that's a red flag right there. It's again, you know, know who you're talking to, right? If you do, if you, if you know them, but if you don't know them and someone's coming to you and they're giving you a whole bunch of rah-rah, and what I mean by rah-rah is they're only talking about the numbers. They're only talking about how much they've made. And, and that's the key, guys, how much they've made. So again, when they get these deals or, you know, you got these guys who are very successful, they always talk about me. Why? Because no one else has done it. No one else is making money on the team because they got theirs up front, right? So again, that's the second thing uh, you want to look at too. If you're a novice, if they're only talking about me and not talking about examples of success, meaning, hey, listen, hey, I've got this guy over here. His name's Ali. He used to actually work at a restaurant. He was a cook um, and a chef. And, and of course, uh, he was able to go part-time and make an extra $500 a month part-time while still working his job. See, I'm looking for stories. Tell me about who's having success other than you. Tell me about the guy who worked at McDonald's. Tell me about the girl who's a single mom of two, you know, taking care of her kids and found a way to be successful. So again, those are things right there you wanna look for, red flags. If you know these individuals because you've been experienced in the industry and you know that's what they do. Second thing is you never know, you, you don't know these people, you've never been in the industry, but again, all they do is talk about their success and no one else's. There's a problem. That means no one's making money. No one's growing. And so again, those are the you know one, two, one and two things you want to look out for when looking at a company. Okay. The other thing is, what is the leadership? Who who who's the ownership in the company? How long they've been in business? Right? Um, have they been known to have multiple companies? Because there's a lot of owners who start different things. Uh, there's a lot of leaders who go from company to company. So again, I want to know the stability of the company. Now, it's okay to get with a startup. Y'all know that, guys. You can grow with a startup, and that's okay. Um, but again, I want to know something about the leadership. What are they doing over there? What, what's their language? What are they talking about? If I got on a call right now, what, what's, what's, what's being communicated to the field? What's their business language? Right? How do they talk? That's important. You can just listen to the way that people talk and tell that's not the right one. Also feel the energy. That's so interesting. Yeah, you feel the energy too as well. Yeah, yeah. No, spot on. And and, and uh, I hope you uh, ladies and gentlemen are writing or taking notes. And if you're driving, please listen to this later on. Do not take any notes while you're driving. Uh, but uh, Tokoyo, in closing, there is that one person right now that is listening and is saying, well, it's easy for you to say you got two, two decades of experience. It's easy for you to say you've experienced, you know, success. What is your message to that person that feels defeated and just needs to hear your voice right now? Tell them, pick yourself up. Let's go to work. What is, what is your message or closing message to that individual? Good stuff. Well, in closing, here's what I got to say. You can have, be, do whatever you want to do. Let me say it again. You can have, be, and do whatever it is that you want to do. All it is, is a commitment. You have to make a commitment. 
No commitment, no success. Commitment, success. And of course, find someone who can help you. So if you're looking to start a business, you're looking to change your trajectory uh, on your personal life or business life, it doesn't matter, guys. It all starts with you. Secondly, secondly, it starts with finding a mentor or coach, someone who can help you in that very area that you're looking to, you know, uh, grow in. So again, it starts with you. You can have, be, do, whatever you want to do. But again, you have to make the commitment and you have to give it time. And then of course you have to associate with someone who's already done it before you, who has, has a success and has a documentation that he's done it before. And so again, that's what I wanna say to you. And then of course, guys, don't let anyone talk you out of success. That is the number one thing that I've seen over the 20 years that I've been in business is that friends and family have deterred people from having success that could have been, I've met some amazing people and you can, and Ali, correct me if I'm wrong. Have you met people who, like, I, I know energy. I, I know when someone's got it. Like, you know, I can see some people join and I, and I kind of, you know, you know what I'm saying? But there's some people who come in and you're like, man, and you just think it to yourself, like, they're going to be amazing. They're going to be incredible. But limiting beliefs and all it takes is that one person that yep. says, man, that's not for you, bro. What are you doing? You haven't made any money in three months. Yep. Right? And they're out the game. But you saw all the, us as leaders, we saw all the potential that you have. So I'm telling you right now, don't quit. Just get with someone who can help you, someone who can coach you, someone who can mentor you, someone who can show you exactly what to do. And never let it stop you. So if you want it bad enough, go after it. And become the person that you've been meant to be. Become the person that's going to lead and help so many other people. See, that's how people's lives get changed by other people, right? That that said, you know what? I won't give up. And they helped out so many people. So, hey, listen, um, it's been a plum, pleasant pleasure. I appreciate you, sir. And I send the mic back over you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And thank you so much to Koyo Carlton. Uh, we'll make sure that we include all contact information of the Koyo and all of his projects that he has going on uh, in the copy of this podcast. But definitely make sure you connect with him. Look him up. Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat. My man is extremely active. YouTube is hopping for this young fella. Mm -hmm. And I look forward to your greatness. The Koyo, I cannot thank you enough. And keep in mind... You're surely Ali Medawi is here, and I love you. It is Valentine's Day weekend. If you don't love yourself first, nobody's going to love you. So make sure you respect your love yourself and do you. Don't worry what anybody else thinks. Until next time, this has been an exclusive of your Strategic Partner Podcast. Hey, Tokoyo, tell them peace out, everybody. Hey, I look, I look forward to seeing you guys at the top, from the top, over the top. Take care, take charge, and we'll talk to you soon. Peace out, everybody.